What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast. Uh, this week, we're previewing the German Grand Prix coming up this Sunday. Uh, just myself, Chris, alongside Shaker this week. Uh, we'll catch up with Tyler post-German Grand Prix. It's been uh, kind of a hectic week for uh, for the majority of us. I'm still a little bit under the weather. So um, just before we get into all the stuff for the German Grand Prix, uh, we mentioned this in our previous podcast. We'll be doing an Ask Me Anything podcast during the summer break. So make sure to get your questions in, uh, either in the comments of this video or sh- uh, give us a shout-out on Twitter at TBMF1 show. We've already gotten a couple of questions in, so thank you to those. Yeah, this was the infamous uh, moment, and uh, it's actually funny if you guys check out on Formula One's YouTube channel, uh, Vettel did the track virtual guide. They usually get the home driver to do the, the track guide, and uh, he gets to the turn where he crashed, and he's like, uh, can't remember exactly which turn it is, but he's like, oh, you know, turn 10. He's like, not so fond memories for me here. <laughs> so, so I got to give him a little bit of a, a shout out for at least acknowledging that, you know, and not kind of. Did he do that for this year? For the yeah, for oh, this okay, year. Yeah. Okay. He he kind of just like slipped it in here. He's like, well, you know, not really a most memorable moment of the track for me here, <laughs> but this is how you should take it. Um. So yeah, and that kind of changed in many people's opinions, and I think our opinion as well changed the championship picture last season. Oh, big one, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and especially what you were saying with how crazy the race was when you look at where Hamilton was qualifying 14th and eventually storming back to take the lead and then obviously took a championship points lead. That was that was a big turning point, and that kind of really hit Ferrari hard and hit Vettel hard, and mm-hmm. seems like he hasn't really recovered since. And here we are 12 months later, and mistakes just piled up. and it just keeps happening. I think this is – is this the last race that he – I guess he didn't win this one, but – uh, yeah, this is where the championship was basically lost to Lewis Hamilton, right? This was the race. I mean, much? essentially, yeah. Like you could argue maybe it was in Monza when he spun, but I think that was the turning point uh, ultimately. Yeah, for sure. Because when you look at Ferrari, had the momentum of coming off of a, a good win in uh, in the UK at Silverstone, and then they had some good wins in Canada, and, and they finished ahead of a Mercedes retirement in Austria. So I think they had a lot of the momentum, mm-hmm. and then they came into Germany, and then. Vettel unfortunately blew it, and that's that's where it all changed yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, so that's true. Here we are now, twelve months later, and the championship picture is completely different. Obviously, Mercedes is well ahead. Ferrari are, are are very far behind, and Vettel's still struggling with those those same mistakes that we saw last year. So let's hope that this is kind of a, a turning point in a different way for for Vettel now. And I mean, I, we'll get into the chances of of him maybe or Ferrari winning uh, this race, but. It would be a really great story and a really great weekend for him if he could have a really strong finish. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't even need to win the race, but at least a, a strong P2 or P3 just to kind of get over what happened last year. I know he said that it's not really on his mind. It's not really affecting him that much, but in in a way, it's sort of in your subconscious. So oh, you'd like yeah, to, you think about it. Yeah. yeah, and you like to redeem yourself, right, and, and just shut everybody up about that, that mistake from last year because it's playing everywhere in the lead-up to this race. Mm-hmm. So. No, absolutely. Um, sorry, I'm just pulling up the F1 Twitter, too, because Tyler mentioned earlier that there's new DRS zones on this track, so I'm trying to Correct. find if the one on the website. It's uh, nice to finally have it before yeah, we record before one. We, record, <laughs> we exactly. usually have always re- released after we record one. So, yeah, they, they had three DRS zones last year, so they took away the one that's on the start-finish straight, mm-hmm. um, so coming out of the final turn, which was – Pretty short, uh, to be honest with you, and I can see why they took it out because it's not that effective. 
Um, not to mention the fact that you're going into a very quick right-hander um, in, into that first turn, so mm-hmm. it's not much of a, a, a DRS zone. So they still kept the ones that's in... Uh, I mean, they're essentially all in Sector 1. Yeah, so. there's one right after uh, Turn 1, um, and then there's one right after Turn 4, I believe. Yep, correct. So Turn 4, heading into the biggest braking zone on the circuit, which is the hairpin. Um, a, a tricky braking zone, it, it is a bumpy track in, in different parts of, of the circuit, but... Uh, this is where where we kind of get into the teams heading into this race and, and the form. You know, this track is kind of a it's an old school track. Yeah. It's been around for a while and it changed the layout. It doesn't go through the forest anymore. But it's an old school track, right? We see obviously from last year gravel traps, you know, not large runoff areas. Mm-hmm. So you get punished for mistakes here and especially when you get into that stadium section in sector 3, it's very tight. It's yeah. very tight. There's some elevation changes, bumpiness as I mentioned on the track. So it's pretty tricky, pretty tricky to to get it right. Uh, a lap around Hockenheim. So, when I look at the circuit map and, and when you're talking about the DRS zones, I see Ferrari as having a, a pretty good advantage again in sectors one and two mm-hmm. because of the power advantage. Because that that whole sector one and two is essentially flat out, especially if you got the DRS open on the quali laps. Yeah. So Ferrari going to have a decent advantage there again. I think that they're going to struggle once they get into sector three. Ah. Uh. Sorry, yeah, this is for afterwards, but I was just looking at what the weather's like for this weekend. Yeah, that's another <laughs> point too, and definitely we'll get to that. So I just think that we've seen, as in the previous races, Ferrari's going to struggle more in that technical sector sector mm-hmm. three part, whereas I think Mercedes, they'll gain back, similar to how they did in France as well, they're going to gain back that time yeah. in, in sector three. And it was interesting, I was reading an article about how Ferrari, they seem to have a 40-horsepower advantage in terms of power on mm-hmm. Saturday on qualifying day but for whatever reason they can't harness that same power in the race. Really? Yeah, so you know how like, you know, and when Max and one in Austria, he was getting quali mode and Mercedes mm-hmm. also sometimes get quali mode to overtake and stuff like that, but apparently for whatever reason Ferrari just doesn't have that ability to unleash that same power in the race. So they only really have it for qualifying. That's odd. Which which is, you know, interesting because we saw in the British Grand Prix where you know, Max Max Verstappen, I think when he overtook Vettel or maybe it was Gasly, you know, Ferrari didn't really have that big, massive power advantage on the little straights that they have there. It's true. I saw yeah. it a couple of times and I was like, that's interesting. You know, they're not pulling away that easily. Mm-hmm. So something maybe to do with the engine or reliability, I'm not exactly maybe, sure. Well, like qualifying is also like you're doing lesser laps, right? You're doing a maximum of five to eight. Something like that. Yeah, over the course of... Over the, you know, yeah. yeah just I'm just qualifying day in general. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you're doing like, and for, for Germany, you're doing 67 laps. Maybe they can't just harness that power for those 67 laps where, you know, for right. short periods of time. I don't know. I'm not an engineer. I'm just guessing. But, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of odd that they can't, you know, harness that, that extra 40 horsepower when it comes to the actual race itself. Yeah. And I'm assuming where it's important they're still applying to the fact that, you know, Ferrari has this more horsepower over the Mercedes. But when it comes to the race, if they don't have it, can they really say that they have 40 more horsepower than the Mercedes? Yeah, maybe only at specific times. Yeah. Because obviously they're not going to run the engine full power for, you know, the 67 lap, for example. But I I just feel like when they need it to overtake, they just can't use that whole horsepower, right? Yeah. So that's a bit strange to me. So there's a lot that's 
kind of going on there that, that we don't know about mm-hmm. <laughs> with Ferrari. It'll be interesting. Um, it, another thing before we get to the weather, um, it was announced today that Netflix will uh, yes. continue season two of Drive to Survive, which is terrific news in my opinion. I really enjoyed season one. Uh, I know you talked about a lot of your friends and your coworkers that were non-F1 fans who enjoyed the series. really got series. into it, but it's interesting. I was actually talking to my friend uh, just maybe a week and a half ago about, and he's a huge F1 fan, loves F1. Um, but he didn't watch it uh, mainly because he read a whole bunch of reviews and stuff that said that said a lot of it was faked and it was overproduced. <laughs> I was like, man, that's not a reason to watch like a Netflix series or any kind of series in general just because it was overproduced. I'm like, they had a lot of like fancy camera work and stuff for that, and right. that's what it was for. They wanted to show you the inside life of F1 rather than you know what you see on the TV afterwards with the race, and you know you actually get to see a life that these guys have outside of F1 as well. So it's you kind of get both sides, you know, the true F1 fans not liking it, but also the newer F1 fans liking it. So I mean, us as both us and Tyler, who you know are F1 fans, enjoyed it, um, but we're also you know big production people. So maybe right. just because we got to see the both sides, we liked it that much. But yeah, no, I I'm very excited for season two. Also very excited that Mercedes and Ferrari are both yes. going to be a <laughs> part of it this time around. Um, and you were mentioning something to me right before we went on air about Mercedes. Um, only letting, uh, only allowing the, it to be shot in Germany for so far? Yeah, it's attached in the same article they talked to Toto Wolf, and he said that they're only going to grant Netflix cameras behind-the-scenes access at Hockenheim, so this, this weekend. But he said that he's open to more weekends down the road. So we were saying that, you know, eventually when Hamilton most likely will wrap up the championship with, yeah. you know, a couple races toward the end of the season, they'll most likely... Bring in Netflix again, yeah, Yeah, for sure. Because it's not just doing the interviews is one thing, but then when you have Netflix buzzing around and they're around the engineers and the meetings and stuff, that you know, it's a little different. Yeah, arranging the interviews, from what I understand, uh, being on the production side, they probably shot all that between a day or two. You know, probably had that time set aside like months in advance, let everybody know what was going to happen, and they just did them back to back, which isn't as difficult because they probably had that date like weeks or months beforehand. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, having not last minute, but obviously an arranged kind of uh, situation where you let people into behind the scenes, let them into your garage and let them see what's going on. It's a little bit of a different story. And I can, especially with Mercedes and Ferrari, I can see that they have... um, a lot of stuff that they need to deal with, you know, that yeah. they don't want TVs or, you know, uh, cameras to be catching while they're doing it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very good thing to hear that they are allowing it. Cause I want to see more behind the scene behind Mercedes and Ferrari. Cause we don't get to see that very much. I think the biggest insight we got on th- into the other teams were, was that Netflix special. Yeah. was Red Bull really was the biggest. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting because there's a lot of storylines this year, even though the championship isn't as exciting, which is unfortunate why they weren't included last year. Yeah. Because, I mean, we just talked about Hockenheim last yeah. year. How great would that oh, have been? Oh, yeah, exactly. But I think that this year, you know, one of the main ones we joke about all the time is Haas and Rich Energy, this yeah. whole saga. We know that Gunter Steiner is a star. Have that swear jar ready for season yeah. <laughs> two. I think it's going to be off the charts this year. Yeah. How uh, He's going to be an even better character. And then... Yeah, they can get into more of these personal stories, the rookies that we talked about, all these yeah, young for guys. Sure. Um, you know, the Vettel penalty in Canada, mm-hmm. Max's win in Austria. So there's a lot of great storylines. I almost hope they do more than 10 episodes, I think, that they did last season. 
Yeah, it's because, you know, like, especially with this season, like you said, there hasn't been a, a super interesting championship, but there's been very interesting storylines, um, especially with the Dutch Grand Prix being announced like a quarter and a half, a quarter, a quarter, way the, uh, quarter way through, and then it leading right into Austria, us getting to see all the Dutch fans. So it's there's a lot of interesting storylines that play into it. Uh, which I want to see, but I, like you said, I don't think 10 episodes is going to be enough. Maybe like 13, 13 I would say would be a good amount. Because if you think about it, an episode pretty much per team, 40, 40 to 42 minutes long is, in, is not a lot. You don't get to experience a whole lot. Especially, I feel like Williams got one dedicated episode in the last series. And I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of other stuff going on behind the scenes that we just never yeah. knew about. So yeah, I'm 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 hoping for more episodes as well, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so that's that's exciting. I mean, they were I think a big success the first year, so I'm glad that they renewed it. Um, and then after this season, we'll see how long this continues. But mm-hmm. um, it seems like F1 is branching out towards this side of new new side of media. So mm-hmm. interesting to see uh, what what will happen. Um, so yeah, getting back to to Hockenheim and the potentially crazy weekend of weather that we might have in store. Yeah, it's, it's been changing it. multiple. Like, I didn't write it down because it's changed multiple times throughout the day. So what what is it saying now? So this is two hours ago from uh, from the F1 Twitter. It was 38 degrees Celsius during FP2, uh, or going to be, sorry. Rain on, the, rain on the way during qualifying. Thunderstorms arriving on race day. Current fore- forecast is more wild, mild weather at Hockenheim. Wow. So it could lead to a very interesting race this weekend, um, especially between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, in my opinion. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be, if it does pan out like that, it should be pretty interesting mm-hmm. because we've seen the overheating issues of Mercedes. Um, Europe is under uh, another heat wave this week, so going to be really hot in, in Germany. So will that go back to the, the Austria style of form that we saw from mm-hmm. Mercedes? Um, who knows? But we haven't had a wet race, uh, wet race this season yet. Uh, we really haven't had much of a wet session either this no, season. No, not at all. I'm trying to think back. I don't think – I think it's sprinkled a little maybe in – I think it was Bahrain. Maybe Bahrain. I can't remember. Um, Maybe one of the races. Yeah, like it's hard for me to pick. Yeah, I can't remember. One. But yeah, I th- yeah, no, we haven't seen any uh, any rain races this year. So I'm looking forward to one. I think we barely saw one last year too. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I think there like, were, it rained for a little bit during a race for one of the races last year, but not for the entire session. You yeah, know? I think last year to here in Germany, like uh, when I was watching the highlights, a storm came through. Mm-hmm. But it was only they were watching it, and it never actually fully came through, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it wasn't like a full blown driver switching to t- uh, to intermediates or anything. But yeah, other than that, um, I think maybe Hungary. I think Hungary's qualifying was was wet. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we I don't think there was a full on wet race like Brazil 2016, for mm-hmm. example. So that would be interesting. I mean, we know Lewis Hamilton is great in the rain. Yep. Uh, Max Verstappen's really good in the rain. And Red Bull have always favored those wet conditions. Mm-hmm. Ferrari, they've struggled in the wet the last few years, but who knows? I mean, I, I doubt yeah, that who, it would favor well, them. But we never really see Charles Leclerc in a, on on a wet on a wet track either. So it should be interesting to see what happens. Um, well, the other big thing story story this weekend is Pierre Gasly um, after his finish for uh, after his finish in the last race. I think he won uh, F two here back in twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw that. And it was a yeah, it was a big win for him there. So it's uh, it should be very interesting. He he showed what he can do. Came in his best position uh, uh, this year. So it's it's 
big big steps for Red Bull this weekend for sure. I'm hoping to see a lot. Yeah. Especially with the rain if the rain does come through. I agree with you there and getting into favorites or who I think might have a chance to win this race. I really think Red Bull have a really good shot at winning mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. In particular, Max Verstappen. I know you mentioned him and Lewis, but I think Pierre Gasly as well, though. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, I I think we're starting to see Pierre uh, get into the car a little bit more, get used to it a little bit more. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I, know, I know people don't hold Silverstein, Silverstone super highly up, af- but after the last race, it was really exciting to see him get up there, you know, fighting Charles Leclerc on the way, holding him up there so Max Verstappen can take the lead. Um yeah, it's uh I'm very excited to see what he's what he has to show and prove himself a little bit more. Yeah, we I mean, can see what he can do. Like I'm not completely sold on I guess the quote unquote ghastly comeback just after one performance no, uh, in, no, no. Sil- in Silverstone, but I, I did like the weekend that he had and I think it was positive for him moving forward. Yeah. And just as a team for Red Bull, they had you know, some of their best pace they've had in the last couple of years and mm-hmm. they've now almost caught up to Ferrari in terms of pace. So yeah. That's why I think that that battle is going to be really close, and I think that if Mercedes are struggling with overheating issues, we could see a repeat of Austria yeah. where Red Bull just comes up in the race and, and, and snatches away a, a win from Mercedes. And conditions, again, it, it's going to be tricky to tell because if free practice is incredibly hot on the Friday, teams aren't going to get much good data, especially for Saturday if it's going to be wet. Well, yeah, Sunday. and then it's rain changes the thunderstorm. They're not going to be able to use the same da- data that they had for free practice, you know? So yeah. it's 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 going to be a very interesting overall race weekend, not just a race. Um, we could see quite a lot from different kinds of drivers stepping up. A lot of drivers that we are ex- we're expecting to see do, we're expecting to do very well, could take a, t- t- could take a step back. So... Um, I don't think I'll unfortunately be able to catch the race live, but I'm definitely going to be watching qualifying and free practice Friday and Saturday. So Yeah, yeah, I'm really curious about the weather. And, I mean, if we do get a dry race on the Sunday, Pirelli have brought the C2, C3s, and the C4s. Um, so a little bit softer in the range than they did, obviously, uh, for Silverstone. And, I mean, Pirelli range uh, tire stress at around 3 around this track, so it's not too brutal on tires. Um, it's kind of medium range in terms of downforce as well. There's not like one overlying characteristic of this track. Like it's it's considered more of a power circuit just because mm-hmm. of those first two sectors. But it, there's a little good mix of everything. And just taking a look quickly at the selected sets. Again, if it is a dry race, Lewis Hamilton only going with one set of the C2, so the white hard. Um, versus, let's say, for example, Charles Leclerc, who has gone with two. Vettel's also only got one of the C2s. And other than that, I mean, kind of roughly the same in terms of the softs. So let's see here. Vettel's gone with one more set of softs than or, uh, Bottas and Hamilton. And looking down for the Red Bull boys, Max Verstappen pretty much gone the same as Lewis Hamilton. So the top four kind of... Just slightly different mm-hmm. uh, selected tire sets. But, again, if it's going to be wet conditions on Saturday and then on Sunday as well, it's just going to completely get thrown out the window with yeah, any of the, the tires. team strategy is completely going to change. Um, so, yeah, we could, it, like I said, very interesting weekend to look forward to because it's going to be it's gonna, it's, it's, it's gonna be a lot of variables to it. Um, 
Speaking of Pirelli, apparently they're also testing their 18-inch wheels on F2 cars this weekend. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Uh, was that this morning that they were uh, doing it? Or? I don't know if they were talking about this morning. Like I said, I'm just on Twitter. and Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just saw it right now. It, it doesn't look bad. It's yeah, I mean, I've seen it on, uh, like you said, the F2 car. I think I've seen sort of a sketch of what it would look like on the F1 car. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... It takes a little to get used to, I guess, because you. I think they're at what at thirteen inch uh, I think at the moment. Thirteen, yeah. So, on road cars, F one might completely be different. <laughs> um, see, I went up from in my car from fifteen to eighteen inch rims, and I have noticed a difference. Like turning is a little bit sharper. I'm a little more stable once I go through. So okay. it might be interesting to see how this applies in F one car uh, F one cars. When it comes to it, like, are they going to be taking faster turns? Are they going to be be more stable on the turns? So, it it's it's going to be interesting for especially if they're this is coming in twenty twenty one. So yeah, it's uh, it should be an interesting test overall. Uh, F two might mean you know it usually is worth watching, but yeah, if you want to see a little different kind of racing, I guess this weekend uh, from the F two cars, it's, it might be worth watching. That's interesting because I yeah I didn't even think of that like what effect it would have on the tires and handling of the car to go to bigger rims. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna look into that and, and see what yeah what the whole technical scientific explanation is behind <laughs> it. There is actually a video on YouTube. Uh, I think honestly, if you go on Google and write what is the best. Uh, uh, rim size for your car there's actually some guy that did it on the car that i have which is a vw golf and he tested uh 15 16 17s and 18s and he went all the way through them and he d- gave gave his pros and cons on that video okay. so worth watching if i uh, and like i said this is all on road cars so it might be completely different when it comes to f1 right uh, yeah which probably expected but yeah, yeah maybe it's, it's kind of same philosophy yeah, yeah. so yeah i'd say it's worth looking into if you guys are uh, big car fans cool um so so what else is there i mean i I, i've heard a couple uh in in terms of the news and rumors i've heard little kind of things like esteban ocon maybe replacing roman grosjean at haas that'd be interesting yeah i think we might have even mentioned something like that Mm. if ocon were to get out of his mercedes contract he'd be free to go to a team like renault or haas Mm -hmm. um maybe even like alfa romeo for example because he's not tied to mercedes so they were even saying potentially replacing grosjean here at this race in Hockenheim, which obviously hasn't happened. Ooh, yeah, I was going to say, it's a little bit too late for that. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't think it's gonna probably, probably going to happen in the season, more more likely at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So that's another one I heard. Mercedes potentially, they look like they're going to be running a special one-off livery for this race. Oh, okay. They've kind of teased a couple of pictures that it's going to be sort of white. It's going back to their original days, but we sort of saw this from them in the preseason and we thought it was going to be a completely different livery and it yeah. sort of ended up being the being same the color scheme. scheme. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see on Friday free practice what the cars look like or we'll probably even see it by the time this podcast comes out with scrutineering and everything. The yeah. cars will be rolled out. So hopefully it'd be nice to see a, a little bit of a fresh livery yeah, uh, like when the sure. teams do that. So that's another thing. And um, yeah, other than that, uh, I, I, pro- I, I don't know if I missed anything, but been kind of out of the loop a little bit in the last couple of days uh just yeah, trying to deal with this I but f- feel like that's it uh i mean the big thing in the last couple of days maybe the last week so a week or so is jeremy clarkson <laughs> oh yeah that's right <laughs> that's the other one i was trying to think yeah. of yeah um i mean i don't know if you guys have watched the video but it's like i think maybe a three three and a half video of jeremy clarkson talking about the state of f1 and i feel like in our points of view it's very similar there's also a few things that I was like, oh, like that's taking a little bit overboard. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, I think that's been the big news, not in the F1 community, I think just the car community in general, is him talking about it with the state of F1 and what they should do to change it, like basically take out stewards completely and let everybody just race, which, I mean, I'm not all for stewards, but I'm also not against, like, taking the stewards out completely, uh, just because, just let them race, like, and yeah. they should get people who are actual racers to be the stewards rather than, you know, some random person that worked on a network for a little bit and knows something about racing, you know? Um, what was the other one, big one, he said? Um, well, he said if Ferrari has a – wait, what, what was the one, my, one of my favorite lines? He's like uh, – and he's like, oh, he's like, I know Ferrari have got strategy groups and Mercedes have got, like, social media teams. And he's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and I think – no, it was that one too. He's like, um, he's like, you know, the te- teams want to race. We want to let them race. And if Ferrari has a problem with that, they can fuck off too. <laughs> and he's right. Yeah, it's true. Like I just, he's he's a very outspoken um, host of the Grand Tour. A uh, great show. We were talking about it earlier. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, he's he had some very valid points. Like I don't want to see the same thing every year. For, you know, I want to see different winners every year. I want to see different teams try to compete to get in the top six drivers that are going at the moment, you know, top three to top three teams. And like, I agree with that. Like I want to see, I want to see a change every year, not in terms of the car, but I want to see something different. I want to see somebody different winning races, not have yeah. the same thing every single year, you know, and not have one, two finishes in the first seven races of the year or six races of the year, you know, by the same two people, which I mean, yeah, Mercedes dominates good for them. They've worked everything out. They're, they're, they're a dominant team and that's what they're best at. But I want to see, uh, the changes, you know, where somebody steps up and can knock Mercedes off, off the fucking top, you know, like it's as Sir Alex Ferguson say, knock them off their perch. But, (laughs) Specifically talking about Liverpool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I agree with that. But, yeah, it's uh, – I can see the hate that he got behind it as well, you know? Like, I mean, we get it all the time where we we don't agree with something and everybody has a different right, point yeah. of view. So, you know, it's it's it, it's different. But Yeah, I think, like, for me personally, anyway, I'm more of the old-school traditionalist anyway. Yeah. So, I, I saw that most of the blowback was just that, that, you know, it's like, oh, like, he's stuck in the old ways or whatever. But I, yeah, I'd agree with most of, of the gist of what he was saying and same. Like, I kind of disagreed. Like, oh, well, you know, we had some exciting races yeah, here yeah, and there. Yeah, exactly. So it's not all horrible, but I, I think that his overall complaints were very valid. And, and of course, like, he's very entertaining and, mm-hmm. like you said, just outspoken, which is so refreshing. Yeah. So it just it makes it funny. And, and I yeah. think that's what we try to do here is just try and be as honest as we can possibly. Whereas, you know, other people might try and sugarcoat things and, yeah. and make them better as they seem where he's just – Plain and simple, going to tell you that, like, this sucks and I hate it. Yeah, well, I thought one of his best points was, one of his big points was during Silverstone, there was obviously (laughs) Silverstone going on. There was Wimbledon. Wimbledon? Yeah. Wimbledon. And then there was uh, the World Cup for for cricket. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure a majority of the world watched Wimbledon and the Cricket World Cup over F1. And, you know, you think back to six years ago, six, seven years ago, F1 would have been the first choice out of those three sports for most people. They would have tuned into F1, watched one or two hours, tuned into the Cricket World Cup, and then, or, you know, watched Wimbledon as well. But it's just, it's kind of disappointing to see F1 fall in that kind of state of, you know, state of sports, you know, takes, I'm not shitting on any other sport here, but, you know, 
obviously take a pro, take a priority behind cricket and behind tennis. Right. Um, which I mean, tennis is a huge sport across the world, and same with I mean, cricket in a lot of a lot of countries is a huge sport, just not in North America, which is yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, massive like my, outside. Though. Yeah, yeah, like my yeah. dad's a huge cricket fan. I grew up watching cricket when I was a kid. I have nothing against that sport, but it's just. F1 is a little bit more entertaining than cricket, in my opinion. <laughs> I, think, I think so, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's more people tune into the other sports rather than tune in to watch one, you know, one of the biggest racetracks uh, that is still being yeah. held today. Like I would, in terms of uh, history, like I would place it behind Monaco. But like, what other track would you name off like the top of your head that sits behind, uh, sits in front of Silverstone in terms of history? No other track really, except for. I mean, Nürburgring, and that's not even on the F1 track. So, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion on the matter. <laughs> yeah. No, I think fair points. <laughs> and, yeah, that's it's tough. Like, they all schedule it at the same time, which yeah. is stupid anyway. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people did tune in to watch those other ones because they mm. were, even though the British Grand Prix was a good Grand Prix. Yeah. But for most people, if you just kind of know F1 and you don't follow it as closely as we do, you're going to know, like, ah, you know, it's it's just boring, right? Yeah. So, so you don't tune in. So I think that's probably where Jeremy Clarkson's coming from as well. As Obviously, he's older. So as somebody who grew up watching wheel-to-wheel racing back in the 70s yeah. and 80s and, and even into the 90s, he's used to that and he's not seeing much of that anymore and there's too much politics involved and then, you know, you easily get discouraged. And it, for, for sure, I mean, when would you rather watch just a – kind of a, a boring F1 race or like a historic thrilling Wimbledon final, for example, yeah, exactly. or I heard the cricket final, like he said, was, was as exciting. So yeah, F1's in a tough place. Mixed uh, opinions on that cricket final, apparently. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch no it, idea, but I, so. I heard the gist of it from my dad and yeah, apparently a lot of mixed, uh, mixed feelings about that one. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So like it's, it's, it's weird, but I agreed with a lot of his points also disagreed with a lot of his points, but I mean that's that's how it is in sports. You don't agree with everything you see. So yeah, I appreciated the candidness of his yes, approach. It's exactly. nice. <laughs> it, it was hilarious. Yeah, I was it was laughing when you sent me that. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that'll about uh, do it for us. Like I said, are we gonna do our uh, winners or predictions? Predict- predictions? Sir? Yeah, yeah. I guess we can we can do them quickly. Uh, firing them off. I, I'm not so like married to my predictions this week i'm not either i have no idea who's gonna win this weekend so I'm, I'm gonna go a little off the rail so i'm gonna say verstappen in p1 i okay. think he's gonna win this race okay i think it'll be a, a a wet race mixed in with some dry conditions mixed in with some craziness mm-hmm. uh so i think max will come out with the win in p2 i'll go with lewis hamilton in p2 okay and i think vettel will just sneak onto the podium in p3 at his home race okay yeah um Actually, mine's like the exact same. Like, I'm not <laughs> even kidding. You were saying Perfect. your thing. I was like, yeah, because I feel the same way about Max. I feel the same about Lewis Hamilton. He's a great driver already, and obviously on a wet track, he's he's one of the better better drivers on a wet track. And I think Vettel has um, wants to redeem himself from last year. And even if it is a wet slash dry track, I could see him uh, stepping up a little bit, and you know realizing his mistakes from last year or mistake from last year and uh stepping up to get that win and get his first win of this year official yeah. win of this year <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> always gotta remember <laughs> put an asterisk beside that one yeah so uh, hopefully it'll be unpredictable um i i'll be away at, at the cottage starting on the friday so I, i'm hoping i'll be able to catch the yeah. action i'm probably gonna watch it later on in the day um 
But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and reconnect maybe that uh, following race week to get a recap out for you guys uh, in a podcast. Um, but we'll stay up to date on our Twitter. We'll we'll announce it for you guys if we're gonna do one or not. But mm-hmm. we'll try and have you you and Tyler out to the cottage and yeah, do a little podcast by the lake if we can. Yeah, have yeah. some Heinekens. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you have a pack of Heinekens sitting in my fridge right here. So perfect. So <laughs> you'll bring that if Max wins. Should be we a good celebrate. day. Yeah, um, exactly. And then the Dutch fans showed up. I saw Joe looking at a picture earlier, and, you know, it was, again, a sea of orange at Hockenheim last year. Yeah, so. well, that would be cool to see again. And they just, I think, um, let us know in the comments if any of our Dutch fans out there were successful in winning uh, tickets to the Dutch Grand Prix because I think that whole bidding process wrapped up and the yeah. people who actually were able to purchase them were finally announced. I saw a few people were disappointed on Twitter, so sorry if you weren't able to get yeah. tickets. But, uh, yeah, let us know if you uh, were successful in getting tickets to uh, the Dutch Grand Prix. Um, that that would be really exciting. And, and just a couple more notes before we go. It, it just popped in my head. Racing Point apparently are bringing almost a whole new car. I think we mentioned this in the previous podcast. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're bringing some big upgrades. Uh, you know, Lance Stroll, Sergio Perez, they're putting all their eggs into this basket of hopefully this is it. <laughs> you know, they I think they said it before when the upgrades were coming in Spain and they didn't work. So now they're hoping for it again. Uh, Haas, Roman Grosjean going back to the Australia spec, whole aero package. Kevin Magnussen staying with the new one. So <laughs> we'll, I, I, we'll, I have no comment. Yeah, on that. I'm just gonna hold back my comments. There's a lot going on at Haas. Like I said, separate Netflix series just for Haas, I think. Um, and in off-track news, Daniel Ricciardo is. Uh, I, I think he's being sued. Or he's either being sued or he owes like 10 million euros to his former advisor or agent over something. Like, uh, I forget exactly what it said in the article. My brain hasn't been working properly, but it was like miss, miss, miss fees or miss dues or something like that. So now he's going to be taking it to court and fighting Why it. Why would he have an advisor when he says whatever he wants? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to negotiate that Renault contract, <laughs> I, I, guess? I guess. I don't know. So, like, yeah, oh, that's kind of weird to me, but. All right. Yeah, I mean, he says it's bullshit, and yeah, he's fighting it in court. So that was uh, something off track that's going. Yeah. Sorry. Speaking of Danny Ricardo, did you watch that interview with uh, with Max Verstappen coming out of nowhere after the? Yeah, <laughs> I did see that. We missed that, that. Yeah, it was that was a good interview. Um, my favorite thing at the end was like, who was that guy? <laughs> <laughs> They're good to see. I missed that from Red Bull. Yeah. That that good team banter that, yeah <laughs> like the videos that they used to do was hilarious yeah so it's yeah no it's it's nice to see daniel ricardo you know still doing things even though it does, does involve being sued uh, <laughs> but yeah hopefully he comes out uh, comes out better in that and uh yeah you know doesn't have to give up millions of dollars yeah that'd be nice so <laughs> we'll see what happens yeah. but uh that'll do for us for for this preview uh leave your thoughts in the comments below what do you think is going to happen this weekend in Hockenheim. What are your race predictions? And as I said off the top of the podcast, uh, get your questions in down below. It can be anything. It doesn't even have to be F1 related. We're just going to do completely off off the cuff answering your questions, but uh, we'll try and keep it as much as possible centered around F1. You can ask us personal questions, but you're probably not. We're probably not going to answer all. Yeah, of them. we'll be selective. <laughs> let's say. <laughs> Um, so get those in. Like I said, you can just drop it in the comments uh, of this video or you can send it through Twitter at TBMF1 Show. We got a thread pinned to our homepage, so just include it there and then we'll get all those answered. And I think other than that, that'll uh, do it for us. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, I, we, I'm probably forgetting something, but... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. That's always happens. Think, yeah. <laughs> Sweet goes your way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like I said, we'll 
we'll stay, uh, we'll keep you guys updated on whether we'll bring a recap of the German Grand Prix. Uh, because it is a back-to-back, because -back, I think Hungary follows this one before the summer break, so we won't be doing a preview. So we'll join, be coming back to you guys for the recap Wait, of the Hungarian Grand Prix. Are we not Prix. in the summer break after this? Oh, no, no we're there's not. One more race. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought we were going to summer break after this. Yeah, okay. they like pushed the schedule back one week this year, so there's like uh, a race at the beginning of August, and then... Oh, two three weeks right. off right okay i think we were talking about this last week too now another thing about it yeah because they're still they're going to break the on uh, 4th of august or 5th of august and they're back on the august 30th okay yep. okay yeah yeah okay yep so yeah we'll be uh we'll be up to date on that and uh yeah please like and subscribe if you haven't done so already and follow us on our social channels but that'll do it for us yeah thank you good day and good night thanks for joining us